Turn with me to Romans chapter 12, verse 3. Romans chapter 12 and verse 3. Years ago, uh, when Sherry and I were first married, uh, she had a sensor go out on her car. And I had to get a pulley off to get to that sensor to fix it. And so, I, like, like any self-respecting man, I tried to muscle it, you know. And I'm grunting and I'm straining and everything didn't budge. So finally, I decided I needed to borrow an impact wrench. Well, still wouldn't budge. I called Cherry's uncle and said, hey, can you help me out here? <laughs> and he said, uh, I'll tell you what to do. Um, disconnect your ignition and use the starter to turn that thing over and pop it off. Tried that. Did not work. So finally, I told Sherry, now don't try this at home. I told Sherry, hook up the ignition, and, but whatever you do, make sure you turn it off as soon as it turns over because it'll beat me half to death with that breaker bar, you know. Um, but uh, sure enough, she turned that thing over, and I heard a loud squeal, and that bolt had come loose, and I fixed the car. My problem was, up until that point, I didn't have enough power. I want to tell you something. There's a lot of times in our lives we feel like we don't have enough power, don't we? feel overwhelmed by life. Lord, life is demanding for me more than I can give. But thank God, he has said, my God will supply all your needs. And he sent us the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit who lives within us can empower us to live life. Whether this is in our personal struggle with sin, whether this is in our family life and being a good father, mother, husband, wife, those kinds of things, whether this is in the local church and, and functioning in the local church or in your job or in life in general, God is able to supply the grace that we need. But God has given each of us a special role to fulfill in the kingdom of God. And it is especially in that role that God will empower us to accomplish what he has called us to do. And so um, this scripture we're going to look at today, uh, Paul is telling the church about the sufficiency and the power of God to work in and through them to fulfill the ministry of the church. And he tells them, look, you need to be humble. You need to recognize your need for the body of Christ. But you also need to be active in service and fulfill the role God has called you to fulfill. And so the title of my message is Empowered Ministry in the Church. This is our call today for each one of us. Look with me at verse 3. It says, For by the grace given to me, I tell everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he should think. Instead, think sensibly as God has distributed a measure of faith to each one. Now, as we have many parts in one body, and all the parts do not have the same function, in the same way, we who are many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another According to the grace given to us, we have different gifts. 
Now, we'll, Lord willing, we'll talk about the specific gifts next Sunday. But uh, I just want to talk about empowered ministry in the church. We need to trust Christ and follow Christ in the unique areas of service, giving, speaking in the name of Christ in his strength and power. Uh, so what do we need to, to understand? Well, first of all, we need to see and, and have an, our appropriate humility. Our appropriate humility. If you look at verse 3, it says, By the grace given to me, I tell everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he should think. Okay? Now, this is, this is something that's taught elsewhere in Scripture, to be humble. Uh, not to think of yourself, not to strut around like a peacock or think you're God's gift to everyone, but uh, to have an attitude of humility. But this is especially important in the body of Christ because God has designed the body of Christ on purpose for interdependence. Okay? That means there are some things that you will be gifted at that I won't. Some things I will be gifted at that you won't. And that God has designed it that way on purpose. I used to laugh because when I was in college, we would have people come and speak in chapel. And uh, they would talk about their ministry. And about the specific ministry uh, that God had given them to fulfill. And then they would oftentimes put a guilt trip on the rest of us who weren't involved in that specific ministry. Right? But guess what? God might not have called me to that specific ministry. Okay? If God called every one of us to be pastors, I'd have an empty church, wouldn't I? <laughs> so, uh, we, God hadn't called everybody to do everything. He's given us specific gifts. Now, I want to tell you something. The Bible says elsewhere that it is the gifts that are less presentable. In other words, they're not on the stage that are the most important. These gifts that a lot of times are unseen. Listen, uh, that's true of the, of the body, right? When I got up this morning, I looked in the mirror, and I said, boy, I got some work to do. <laughs> I, you know, the hair was going several different directions, and uh, the whiskers were out everywhere, and, you know, uh, the eyes were puffy, and so forth. And so I began to do some work and to make myself presentable, right? But guess what? If my face wasn't presentable, if I didn't have any hair, I could get by with that. But I can't get by without a liver or a heart or kidneys. Okay? You don't see them. You can't do without them. They're so important. A lot of times people don't realize in the body of Christ how important they are to the kingdom of God. Um, sometimes if you have a speaking gift, and you may not know what gift you have, and that's okay too, uh, God can show you what giftedness you have as you're willing and open to be used. Okay? Say, God, I'm available. I'm willing to try some different things out to find my niche and just whatever you want me to do. And by the way, there will be some times you may serve outside your giftedness. Okay? That's okay. Sometimes something needs to be done, and we do it because it needs to be done. But um, ideally, each member of the body of Christ needs to fulfill their certain function. 
I remember uh, one church I was a part of, uh, we, we had a urinal breakdown, okay? And uh, for uh, a number of reasons, the, the, the people that normally uh, would fix that weren't, weren't coming. Uh, and uh, so we had, we had uh, a problem. And I told God, I said, Lord, I've got, I've got this to do and this to do and this to do. I don't have time to fix your urinal. Would you send somebody? Because it had been, been just un- broken for weeks. I said, would you send somebody to fix the urinal? <laughs> the next Wednesday night, I went down the hall, and I went in the restroom, and there was a man on his knees fixing the urinal. And I said, thank you, Lord. <laughs> Uh, listen, we are needed in the body of Christ. Uh, I heard one pastor say this, and I don't know how, how good a theology this is, but I, I liked it, okay? So uh, just excuse it. If it but he said, he said, if the Holy Spirit lives in us, doesn't it make sense that if you don't come, there's a little bit of the Holy Spirit missing? I understand that's not really good theology in terms of the Holy Spirit's everywhere and so forth. But, but there is a measure of truth to that in that God designed the body to function with all its parts. And so, uh, you know, if my foot, have you ever had your foot fall asleep on you or something? You try to get up and walk, and you're doing this, you know. Um, it's important to have all the members of the body. And so um, our appropriate humility, we recognize our need for other people. That's an important thing. And ask for help. Uh, if there's something God has given you to do, and you don't have, maybe you've got giftedness for this part of it, but you don't have giftedness for this part of it, ask somebody for help. Or say, who is good at this? <laughs> And, uh, and, and recognize your dependence upon God and your dependence upon the body of Christ. We need each other. So, that's our appropriate humility. Secondly, uh, not only do we need our appropriate humility, we need our measure of faith. Our measure of faith. If you look at verse 3, instead... Think sensibly as God has distributed a measure of faith to each one. It was interesting reading about this this past week and hearing the different opinions as to what this means. And uh, there's some some creative things. But uh, I really believe that the measure of faith that God gives you has nothing to do, in this instance, with any kind of spirituality or anything like that. It's what God has called you to do. He gives you the measure of faith to accomplish what God has called you to do. Right? Where God guides, He provides. You've heard that before, I'm sure, somewhere. Um, God called Abraham to go to a foreign country. And so Abraham went. Right? God gave him the faith to go. Left his family went off into a strange land and lived as an outsider, as an alien, not as E.T. kind of alien, but as an alien in terms of not being a member of that country. And he dwelt there and was able to thrive and do well in that context because that is what God 
had called him to do. God called Noah to build a boat. Somebody I read said, Noah said, what's a boat? <laughs> I don't know if he said that or not. But uh, chances are, there'd never been rain before. He may not have even known what a boat was. But God told him to build a boat. Can I tell you, God gave him the ability to build a boat. Now, the Bible doesn't describe it for us. But we know he got the job done because when the rains came down and the fountains of the deep burst forth, the scripture says that the ark raised up on the water. It was seaworthy. And it protected them those 40 days and 40 nights. Why? Because that is what God called Noah to do. So the key, the measure of faith that God will give you is consistent with what he's called you to do. Some of you say, I, I could never be a missionary. That's because God hasn't called you to be a missionary. Or, or he may call you in some future time to be a missionary, and he'll give you the grace to do it. I remember uh, I used to say, I will never be a pastor. I used to say that. My dad's a pastor. I will never be a pastor. Famous last words. Um, and then, when I was in, I think it was 8th grade or maybe ninth grade, something like that, we had a youth Sunday, and they twisted my arm to get me to preach. And I, I took off out at Dad's, one of Dad's old outlines, and I was trying to, you know, study and do, do some things. And I, I got up and I spoke for five minutes. I couldn't think of a thing else to say. And I closed and turned it over to the pastor and went down and sat down. And I was embarrassed. And the pastor was tickled. He, you know, he's, he, he kind of, um, five minutes, you know. Some of you say, well, I wish he'd preach five minutes now. You know, so, <laughs> but anyway, um, I got down. I thought, you know what? I am never doing that again. Can I tell you where God guides? He provides. And when the time came, God gave me the measure of faith I needed to do what he called me to do. And he'll do the same for you. If he calls you, he will provide the measure of faith you need. He's not called you to trust him with somebody else's job. He's called you to trust him with your job. Does that make sense? Now, the measure of faith that God gives you can be augmented through prayer. You learn to depend upon God as you serve God. And sometimes it's a prayer of desperation, right? Um, and you call out on God, Lord, I, I need this so badly. And um, I, I remember my dad sharing with me uh, the, when I was, I was 10 years old when my dad surrendered to preach. And he said that he felt so inadequate that he would, he would sometimes... Spend all night in prayer. Well, I didn't even know that was going on. But I knew one thing. When I sat down in the pew in that little country church, the Spirit of God was powerfully moving. You see, God provided the measure of faith he needed. Now, he shared with me, I didn't remember any of this. I remembered the power of the Spirit of God. But he shared with me, he said, you know, sometimes I was just embarrassed at what I did. You know, I was doing my best. But 
Can I tell you something? God is able to come alongside. I, I like what Adrian Rogers says. He said, God can take a crooked arrow and shoot it straight. Isn't that great? So uh, it's, it's, we're, we're a, such a small percentage of it. We're just the instrument. We're the vessel. He is the one who brings the power. And so um, our measure of faith He'll give us the adequate measure of faith we need to, to perform the job that He's given us to do. And as we pray, He will increase our faith and increase our effectiveness. Okay? That's how spiritual giftedness works. So first of all, to be empowered, have empowered ministry in the church, we need our appropriate humility, our measure of faith. Thirdly, our unique function. Verse 4. Now, as we have many parts in one body, now all the parts do not have the same function or the same practice. Um, I want to challenge you to, uh, you can do this if you want, you don't have to do this, but close your eyes and try to lift up your hand and see if you can see with your hand. Anybody successful in doing that? Okay, no, okay, <laughs> me either. <laughs> I, I realize that's silly, but a lot of times we, we try to do that, don't we? We try to be somebody that we're not. If you are an eye and you're trying to be a hand, have you ever tried to pick something up with your eye? You know, that, not, not too, uh, too effective uh, because an eye is not designed for that, Right? It's designed to see. If you try to use your eyes to hear, you're not going to do too well with that either. Uh, if you try to use your eyes to walk, uh, you're not going to have an eye too long. So, uh, God has put different members of the body into the church, and He has designed them not only by giving spiritual gifts, that's part of it, but also in the way he created us in our mother's womb. He's designed us for his purpose. That's a really cool thought to, to kind of meditate on and consider. David says, you have knit me together in my mother's womb. Designed for a purpose. Each of us is designed for the purpose. And so we need to figure out what is it, what is the purpose that God has given me to fulfill? Sometimes it may be something done in the background like a prayer ministry. Um, God told Ezekiel, I looked for somebody to stand in the gap on behalf of the city and could find no one, so I destroyed it. Pretty important job, isn't it? Whole city was destroyed because one person didn't fulfill the role God had given them to fulfill. Uh, perhaps you have administrative gifts and you're good at organizing people, or perhaps you're good leadership gifts, or uh, or you have a gift of giving. God's given you the ability to earn money, and uh, and you uh, uh, delight to give, and God has has uh, has given you. Uh, that gift. And so, uh, as you are willing to be used by God to be a channel of blessing to others, uh, you become very important uh, in the work of the kingdom of God. Or you may have a gift of service or of encouragement. What would we do without our encouragers? <laughs> uh, 
Uh, I mean, you get the idea. But every member is important. Every member. And all of us are needed in the body of Christ. So our unique function. Now, you may have more than one spiritual gift, uh, but you're, if you're a true child of God, you'll have at least one. Um, and you say, well, I'm not really sure what I have. You know, I've done, I've done those uh, spiritual gift surveys several times, and uh, a, a lot of times I've gotten different answers on those things. Have you ever had that experience? You know, you're trying to figure it out, and then one test says you've got this gift, and one test says you've got this gift. Um, Perhaps that's not the best way of going about it. Uh, maybe it's just to be available to be used by God. Lord, what is it that you'd have me do? Let me try out some things in the church and see kind of where my niche is, what works. Uh, other times you may have a clear and distinct call of God. That God calls you to a certain task or to a certain role. Uh, you need to listen to that. I know at different times in my life God has used me in different ways. So that's also something to consider. If he's given you a different task, he's going to give you different ability to use that task or to, or to accomplish that task. So um, our unique function is important. And as you serve within that unique function, you will enjoy your service. You will be more effective in service. And you will grow in your walk with God. Uh, so, uh, sometimes if you're trying to, to fit into a place that really is not for you, it's not that you can't do something that somebody else is doing, but uh, you may not be in, in, in uh, the, the best place as far as satisfaction and so forth and meaning. Here's the thing. Sometimes we don't think something will bring us satisfaction, but God knows it will. Well, we've got to be willing to step out on faith. I, I, did, I told you, I just said I would never be a preacher. I thought that would be a curse from, from uh, uh, not God's place, but from the other place. Uh, you know, I, and God has given me so much joy in, in ministering to his people and preaching his word. Um, it's, it's who he designed me to be. And, and so trust God with your life and just give him the blank check. So, Lord, write on it whatever you desire, and, uh, and Lord, just help me walk in the steps you call me to take. And you never know, you may get to the other side and, and wake up in heaven and uh, have untold results of simple acts of obedience, maybe that you don't even remember. Um, Bobby Welsh, years ago, was sharing a that when he was in the military, he had he'd shared Christ with this guy. They were driving along in a Jeep, and they'd shared, he shared Christ. The guy was unwilling to, to trust Christ and so forth. But, uh, he forgot about it and went on his way. And uh, years later, Bobby Welsh was at a pastor's conference or a convention. I think it was some Baptist convention. Anyway, uh, this man runs up to him and says, Bobby Welsh, Bobby Welsh. And he says, he says, yes. And he said, uh, you probably don't remember me, but you may remember this. Do you remember when you were in the military and you were talking to this fella 
about Jesus. And he refused to trust Christ. And he thought for a second, he'd forgotten all about it. He thought for a second, he said, oh yeah, yeah, I do remember that. He said, well, he didn't trust Christ, but I was sitting in the back seat listening, and I did trust Christ. And today I'm in ministry. Thank you. You see, we don't know what God does. We cast seed. We say yes to God. We obey in service. And God does the supernatural work that he has chosen to do. Um, finally, we need not only our appropriate humility, our measure of faith, our unique function, but we also need our enabling grace. If you look at verse 6, according to the grace given to us, we have different gifts. Now the word gifts here literally means the result of grace. That's what the Greek word means. Grace gifts, sometimes it's translated, but uh, according to the grace given to us, we have grace gifts. In other words, you don't get your gift because you're super spiritual. Okay? It's a decision of God's grace. God, in His goodness, despite the fact that we don't deserve it, allows us to be a part of His great work. And that is an incredible privilege. And He gives us the ability to lay up treasure in heaven and and do all these different things and to hear those words, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Uh, This is a great gift of God's grace. A lot of times people are looking for meaning and purpose in life. I want to tell you, there's no greater meaning and purpose in life than to serve the living God. What you do for Him lasts forever. Right? What did Jesus say? If you're giving, what you give to Him? Jesus said, don't, uh, don't store up treasures on earth where moth and rust corrupt, thieves break through and steal. Store up treasure in heaven where moth and rust doesn't corrupt and where thieves don't break through or steal. Uh, you see, as you give or as you serve or as you speak in the name of Jesus, you're doing an eternal work with eternal consequences. I can't think of anything that would bring more purpose to a life than that. Um, the enabling grace. How does that work? Well, God gives us, it's a mixture of the natural talents that God has designed us with, the personality that we have, that he, he gave to us, the uh, spiritual giftedness that he's given to us. All of these things are part of it. But uh, I, there were these two guys in the Old Testament, Bezalel and Aholiab. And Bezalel and Aholiab were men that served during Moses' day. And God gave them unique ability in craftsmanship. Uh, these were the men who designed the different pieces of furniture and the pillars, and all of the different parts of the tabernacle. And God gave them a special measure of wisdom in craftsmanship. They worked with metal, they worked with wood, uh, they did all this, uh, in this uh, different kind of uh, cloth that they used in the, in the tabernacle and so forth, and weaving uh, these different colors in and so forth. 
All of this was done because God gave them a unique ability of craftsmanship. Now, maybe you haven't thought of yourself as being gifted by God in craftsmanship, but if you have those gifts, that's a gift from God that you can use for God. And, and uh, think about this. Every single time somebody came into the tabernacle to worship, they were able to do so because of Bezalel and Ahaliath. Isn't that cool? Years after they were dead and gone, people were still worshiping God. People were still being impacted for the kingdom because they used their gifts. Awesome. Awesome. God's enabling grace. Some of you said, well, my teachers always told me I had the gift of gab. Did you know the gift of gab may indeed be a gift? God may have given you the gift of gab so you can encourage other Christians. Or so that you can build them up and talk about what God is doing in your life. Uh, we, we had a, a preacher when I was pastoring in Texas who... Uh, who used to come, and uh, he was all he he had the gift of gab, and he would come. We the preachers would get together. Uh, we had a thing where we'd meet every quarter, and and then uh, our churches would get together, and we'd we'd have a joint service and that kind of thing. But uh, he'd say, "Brothers, this is what I was reading in the Word of God today," and he would share it with us, you know, and everything. Uh, he had some other really funny things. Sometimes, if you're curious, I'll tell you about those. But uh, <laughs> But this, this was actually edifying, and he, he uh, would edify us with the things that God had put upon his heart. Great, great ministry. Um, and so God has wired you a certain way for a reason. Don't fight against it. Now, if it's sinful, fight against it. But, but uh, aside from sin, allow God to use you the way he made you to accomplish the task he's given you to accomplish. And you will find significance and you'll make a difference for eternity. So, empowered ministry in the church. What do we need? Our appropriate humility, our measure of faith, our unique function, and our enabling grace. And as we fulfill the ministry God has given us to fulfill, it will be one part of the ministry God has called this church to fulfill. And we'll make a difference in the city and we'll reach people for Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Help us, Lord, to be empowered for ministry, whether that's through speaking, whether that's through serving, uh, whether that's through craftsmanship or whatever, Father. Use us as you have designed us to be used as your people. And Father, if there's someone here today that needs to surrender to be used, Say, you know, Lord, I, I, have, I haven't been serving in the way that you've called me to serve. And, or perhaps, uh, Lord, I don't know where I fit in yet in service, but I'm willing to be used and I surrender to you. I pray, Lord, that right now in their hearts, Father, they would surrender themselves to be used by you. And Father, for those who yet don't yet know Christ, I pray for salvation Lord, have your way in each and every heart. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to uh, just take a moment here. If you don't yet know Jesus Christ, you don't yet have the Holy Spirit living within you to empower you for ministry.
uh, and, and you need to begin a relationship with Jesus Christ. Uh, the Bible says that all of us have sinned, that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And the Bible says if we'll confess with our mouth, Jesus is Lord. That is to bow the knee to him as our Lord, to make a choice to turn from our sin our own way to follow Christ. And we'll receive that gift of eternal life. He'll give it to us. If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's the message of the gospel. And so let me just call on you today. In your heart, right where you sit, don't wait till you go home. Just call out on the Lord right now and say, Dear Jesus, I surrender to you. I choose to follow you, and I receive eternal life by faith. And on the authority of God's word, if you call out to Jesus from your heart, he'll save your soul. Um,